Good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone. This is Arthur Burley Martin dropping in this evening, this Saturday evening, October 16, 2021, to ask the question. We're gonna today we're gonna talk about exposing the spirit of deception. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Was it not for this very purpose that the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil? We're getting ready to get into this. We're getting ready to get in. We're going to dive in. But you already know that we're going to pray first. And guys, once again, thank you so much for joining in on my morning po- my uh, podcast, Arthur Pearlie Martin, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. I'm on Amazon Music right now also. Um, Apple, I'm trying to set it up on iTunes and all that also. I'm trying to help get on as many platforms as we can so we can help spread this gospel throughout the world because as we know, Christ is not coming back until it's been preached throughout the world, right? Okay, so uh, hit me up on some of those other sites, Amazon Music, uh, Apple, um, Google Podcast, uh, and a few other places, okay? Uh, On WordPress, uh, you can just Google my name there. Okay, but in the meantime, Father, we just thank you for being in the midst of us, Lord God. You say, with two or three are joined together, there you are. We ask, Father, that you give us a rhema word, Lord God. You cho- told us in John eight thirty two that if we continue in your, uh, uh, we're your disciples and if we continue in your word, we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. Father God, I thank you today that as we begin to dig in your word, Father, that you will reveal your word to us. Lord God, that you would give us a rhema word and that you would give us a revelation of Jesus Christ, Father God. Manifest yourself in your word. Let us see ourselves, Father. We thank you that um, we ask that you convict us and that you convince us and you can of those things, Father, that we need to repent of, Father. We bind the spirit of deception right now in the name of Jesus and we lose the spirit of truth, Father. We thank you that Jesus said you are the way, the truth, and the life, Father. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise as you anoint my lips of clay to say what you want to say. I yield, therefore, yield my members to you, Holy Spirit. And I said, have your way. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining in. It's Arthur Pearlie Martin, Biblical Principles with Inner Healing. Uh, we're going to start today. We're going to talk about exposing. We're going to expose that spirit of deception. As we know, we talk about it all the time that the earth is travailing because it's waiting for the manifestations of the Son of the Sons of God. And the sons of God are manifested in the earth. And I'm telling you, they're coming with a whip because judgment begins with the house of the Lord. And we have to have correction because without correction, how many of you know that we open ourselves up to the spirit of deception? Will you make a promise to me before we get going that when correction comes, will you please not run? Because this podcast really is for mature audience only. It's for those who are really have a sincere desire and a heart uh, to be delivered and set free. That's why it's called Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. How many of you believe that the Word of God, it is the power of God unto salvation? And the same way we prayed the prayer and accepted Jesus Christ is the same way the rest of His Word has the power to change our life. Okay, so we're getting ready to dig in this now. Again, we're going to start with Genesis um, 1. And 28, we're going to talk about how Eve was deceived. We're talking about exposing the spirit of deception. Um, matter of fact, we start with 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image and likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, heaven, earth, over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image and the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Verse 28. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in it, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heaven, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. He's telling them everything that he's given them. Verse 31, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was nothing, uh, and there was every, and there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get through this. So, um, 
Okay. Okay, let's go to the Genesis 2 and 4. Here I'm saying that God has given them everything that they need. How many of you know that everything that we need, God has given us everything that we need that pertains to both life and godliness? How many of you know, I like to say that we're fully loaded as born-again believers because we have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. How many? The Word of God tells us in 2 Corinthians 6 that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit of the living God lives on the inside of us when we accept Jesus Christ as the Son of God, as our Lord and Savior, right? The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it lives down on the inside of us, right? We're heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That means that everything that Christ has, we're entitled to. We have the same thing. We are sons of God. We are children of God, right? Um, so we're going to go to Genesis 2 and 4. Um, we're going to skip down. To, let me see. I'm going in. Okay, we're going to go to Genesis 2 and 7. This is the English Standard Version, by the way. Um, 5. We'll go to 5. When um, Let me see. Seven. Then the, we're going to go to Genesis 2 and 7. Thank you for being patient with me. It says, Then the Lord God formed a man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. Okay? So we see here and know that our breath comes from the Lord, right? Because he, he, the man did not become a living creature until God breathed breath in him, uh, into him. So don't let the devil take your breath. Breath comes from God, right? And so when the devil's trying to take your breath, you tell him, you get, you go in Jesus' name because my breath comes from the Lord. The very breath that we breathe comes from the living God. You see? So here we go. We're going to go on down a little bit further. Um, uh, give me one more moment. So we see here that God created the man. Okay. 15. We're going to skip down to 15. Genesis 1 and 15. The, uh, Genesis 2 and 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to, um, to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Why? Because then you're going to be knowing good and evil. And once you begin to know good and evil and right from wrong, that's when you become responsible for what you know. How many of you know that the word of God says, for he that knoweth to do good and do it not, for him is sin. In other words, once you have gained knowledge of right and wrong and good and evil, you become guilty of the good and evil that you know. So here's the Lord is saying, look here, don't eat from that tree because right now you're, 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 you're perfect. You're sinless. You know, you're not responsible for anything because you don't know right from wrong and good and evil. So don't go and eat from that tree. Because the day that you do, you're going to surely die. You Spiritually speaking, you're going to break your fellowship with the Lord. The minute that you sin, he's saying, you're going to spiritually die. Because, you know, Christ hadn't came yet to redeem us. And so he's like, you're going you're gonna to sever our relationship. You're going to mess up our relationship if you do this. I'm telling you, don't do this. Because spiritually, it's going to separate you from me. This is why we have to be born again. Because we were born into sin, right? Okay, so Jesus came to redeem us from that. So we're going on to 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone, okay? I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he could call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was his name, okay? I want to go a little bit down deeper. I want to go to 21. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. He took it from the rib, guys. He didn't take it from the feet or from the back. But he took her from the rib, from the side, okay? And the rib that the Lord God made had taken, had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this is... This at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, right? So here, there God created him to help me, someone that was compatible for him, okay? So there, he, here he brings Eve on the scene, 
Okay. Now we're going to go to Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. Now, so we see prior here, the Lord had already given him the word, said, look, you can eat of all the other trees, but don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So Adam knew the word and Eve, because they had told Eve, because Eve knew the word. We know that Eve knew the word because as we begin to read down in the text of Genesis and 3, he comes to start talking to Eve and Eve tells him what God says. Okay. Um, so, and then let's see. And he said to the woman, did God, here come the serpent in, Gen- in Genesis three and one, here come the serpent. This is what I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to talk about, we're going to expose, we're getting ready. We're getting ready to dig in. We're getting ready to expose the spirit of deception. Okay. So, uh, we're going to go again, three, one. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat? of any tree in the garden. So here he comes. This is what the devil does. He comes to try to cause us to doubt God because he knows that without faith, it's impossible to please God because when we don't believe God, we call him a liar, right? If you tell me something and I tell you, I don't believe it, then I'm calling you a liar, right? So without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you want to please God, believe God, right? And don't just Say, I believe it, but act on it because we act on what we believe. Okay, so we're going to go on. So now here he comes. Here comes the serpent. Here comes the devil trying to do what? He's trying to steal the word. Remember, we talked about this prior that what, what does the devil want from you? That was in another podcast. I talked about how the devil is coming to steal the word. Immediately after the seed is sown, Satan comes to steal the word because the word of God is the promise of God. It's the seed of God. It comes in seed form. And if he can steal it from us, he can keep the word of God from being able to manifest through our lives. Remember, we talked about the ways that he steals the word. It's when we don't understand it. We talked about the parable of the sword. I think, I don't know if that's Mark 4, but go back and read the parable of the sword. I'm not going to try to go over that again. Go back and listen to my podcast. What does the devil want from you? Okay. Um, so here he's coming. He's coming to try to steal the word through doubt. Okay. Now we're going to go to verse two. And the woman said to the serpent, so here she goes. Okay. We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you should not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. So here we see that Eve is well versed. She knows the word, okay? She's, she, she knows what it says. You know, she's like us. She can quote that scripture. She knows she's well-versed. She's telling the devil what God said, right? She's repeating the word back to him. She knows the word. She told him, no, this is what God said. He said, you shall not eat of the tree of the uh, that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die, she told the serpent. Here comes the serpent back. And for how many of you know this is still happening? Supper's in our mind. This is why 2 Corinthians 10 tells us that we're to cast down those evil imaginations and those thoughts that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Why? Because the devil brings thoughts to our mind. The mind is the battleground. He does the same thing with us. He's trying to get us to doubt God. I'm trying to expose the spirit of deception. I want you to see how the serpent operates. Not just then, but how he operates today in today's life. That's why it's biblical principles for everyday living. Because we have to know how to take the word of God and apply it to our everyday life, right? You have to see yourself in the text. You got to be able to see what does this have to do with me. So this is where I'm coming right. I'm coming right to where you're at. So here we see Eve was well versed. Verse four, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Okay, here comes Satan. Here come the devil telling us in our mind, oh, you can do that. That's not going to hurt you. You ain't going to surely die. It doesn't matter what God said. You know, it doesn't matter if it's right or if it's wrong. Ain't nothing going to happen to you. And we all know as grown people, we know that sin has consequences, right? If I run this red light in the police seat, there's going to be some consequences for me. He's going to give me a ticket more than likely. Okay? So sin has consequences, right? We're going to reap what we sow. Um, good or evil, we're going to reap in this body the deeds that we have sown. Okay, we're going to reap it on earth. Some people are suffering because they're reaping what they sow. That's why they're still here, because they sowed a lot of evil. We don't just reap the evil, but we reap the good too. Okay, so here we go on. So um, verse 5, for God knows, here comes the serpent. 
But the, but the serpent said in verse 4, Genesis 3 and 4, English Standard, he says, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Here he come. He coming in to steal the word, y'all. Verse 5, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. This is what God told him not to do. He said, don't do this. He said, don't do this because in the day you do, once you know good from evil, you're going to be responsible for what you know. And for him that know it to do good and do it not, for him it's going to be sin. Right now you're going to be responsible for what you do. Once you become, once you understand what you, once you begin to understand right from wrong and good from evil, you're going to be responsible for what you do. Okay. So when the woman saw, okay, for God knows that in the day your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. So here he is, he attacking her identity. How many of you know that we have to know who we are in Christ? So he's telling her that when she eat it, her eyes going to be open and she's going to be like God. Now we read prior that God created man and woman in his own image and his own likeness, right? She did not know that she was already like God. Uh, uh, this is why we have to know who we are in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. As he is, so am I. With the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who um, strengthens us. You know, we have to know our identity in Christ because when we don't know who we are in Christ, then the devil will come and try to tell us who we are. We we have to know. You guys pick up my um, Bible study guide, Understanding Your Identity in Christ Jesus. It's a real short study, guys. 25 pages long. Okay, um, verse six. So when the woman saw, I want you to see. This is the lust of the flesh, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life getting ready to operate here. Because these are the three doors of temptation. I talked about this in a prior podcast. Okay, so um, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, there we have. The lust of the flesh, she saw that it was good for food. The lust of the eyes, it was a delight to the eyes. And that the tree was to desire to make one wise, the pride of life. Not knowing that she already had everything that she needed. Everything that she needed was in, was uh, was when he, God gave her everything he needed when he created her. And like us, as born again believers, everything that we need is inside of us. Can you say everything that I need is inside of me? This is why I say we're fully loaded. We got the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. So everything that I need, can you say everything that I need is inside of me? Everything that we need is on the inside of me, right? So when the woman saw that the tree was good, here's the pride of life, to make one wise, right? To be desired to make one wise. She took of it, its fruit, and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate. He stood right there, watched his wife have an encounter with depression, oppression. You know, Dylan, he stood right there, watched his wife have an encounter with these demons and said and did absolutely nothing. (laughs) There's no condemnation. But as the husband or the house ban, you're supposed to ban the house. You're supposed to stand in front of your wife not just physically in the natural most men ain't gonna let another man hit his wife or you know jump on his wife but how many of you know spiritually speaking as the head of the house you're supposed to stand in the gap and intercede for your wife she sat there and had an encounter with a demonic demon she dealt with oppression depression suicide all these things she's going through and the, the devil got in because you're not banning the house, husband. There's no condemnation. I'm not, I'm just saying, as the head of the house, you have so much power. We all have power and authority. Don't get us wrong. Don't get me wrong. But he left you in charge as the head, as the house ban, the husband. The husband bans the house. The husband is supposed to protect the house, spiritually speaking. In the natural, we understand this concept. In the natural, we know uh, if somebody, a lot of times if somebody knock at a door and your, your husband is there, I don't know in your house, but my house, my husband's going to answer the door. He's going to answer the door. He's going to say, who is it? If we're there together, especially if it's at night. 
what is he doing? That's the nature. He's going to ban the house. But we have to, um, you know, when you see your wife or women, if you see your husband uh, being attacked by the devil, then we need to stand in the gap and intercede for him. Okay? Husbands, ban your wives. Husbands, protect your wives. Not just physically, but spiritually. Stand in the gap. When you see the devil messing with them, begin to bind. The Bible said, whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We have power and authority. God gave them dominion over the fowls of the air, the fish of the sea, every living creature. He gave us dominion, power, and authority. And we have authority over the devil. Jesus said, I came to give you the keys to the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth, or one translation says, whatever you allow on earth shall be allowed in heaven. And whatever you don't allow on earth shall not be allowed in heaven. Or whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That's another translation of King James. So we have authority. Um, We have the same spirit. We have the spirit of the living God on the inside of us as born again believers. And the same way Jesus told the devil what he could and couldn't do, his spirit is on the inside of us. And we have that same power to tell the devil what he can and can't do. And devil, I bind you right now in the name of Jesus. And I command you to lose your hold off my husband. I command you to lose your hold off my children. Or I command you to lose your hold off my spouse, right? We have authority over the devil. The word of God is our weapon of warfare. And the way that we exercise our authority over the enemy, the devil, is by using the word of God. That's how Jesus did. And and when he was tempted for 40 days, he spoke the word. He told the devil, it is written. Okay, I'm trying to stick with this. We're talking about exposing the spirit of deception. So here we see, how did he do it? He first, he tricked her. He uh, he convinced her that God's word was not true. And then that's exactly what doubt does. Doubt, the devil brings doubt, right? The purpose of the doubt is to get us to believe that the word of God is not true. So if he, the minute he gets us to believe that the word of God is not true is the moment that he leads us to believe, uh, we call God a lie. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. This is what the Bible tells us, right? We must not only believe, we must first believe that he exists and then that he is also a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So it's not just enough to believe that God exists. So people say, I believe in God. Well, what do you mean, mean when you say you believe in God and what God are you talking about? You know, Okay, we're going to stick here. Hold on. Wait a minute. Just hold on. Be patient. I'm coming right there to you. So then it says she went and ate. So she let the deceiver deceive her. She let the devil cause her to to doubt God, right? It says then the eyes of both of them were open. After she gave it to him to eat, both of their eyes were open, right? And they knew that they were naked. Now they're responsible for what they knew. Now he that know what to do good and do it not is sin. Right? And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? How many of you know <laughs> that when God asks us a question, because it's not because he doesn't know, it's, it's rhetorical. He knows. He's trying to get Adam to confess where he is because he already knows where he is. God is omnipotent and omnipresent. So if he asks you a question, it's not because he don't know. He's trying to get you to confess something. You know, the word of God, Colossians says, confess your faults one to another so that you may be healed, right? If we must put confess it. We must, uh, until we conf- uh, confess it, we're going to possess it. We got to admit it before we can quit it, right? We have to be able to see ourselves before we can be delivered from ourselves. Because as long as we can blame other people for how we are and for what we do, we're never going to see another need to change how we are and what we do. We're never going to see the need to repent and say, Lord, here I am. I'm sorry. You know, because as long as Adam can play. So here he comes, right? The devil done tricked her out of the truth. He done convinced her. That's what the spirit of deception does. The spirit of deception comes 
to make us believe that God's word is not true. The spirit of deception is running rampant right now in the earth. It came to convince the world that the blood of Jesus is not enough. <laughs> the spirit of deception say, we need the blood, but we need this too. How many of you know it's one or the other? Because the blood of Jesus does not have any side effects, okay? Okay, the blood of Jesus is not going to cause any blood clots. Okay, we're going to move on from here. But what I'm trying to get to, we're talking about exposing the spirit of deception. So here it is in verse 8. And so they heard the sound of God and then they went, they made those some um, loincloths. And verse 8 says, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife, they hid themselves. Uh, Verse 9, it says, um, but the Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? In verse 10, he says, And he said, I heard, this is Adam speaking. He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. This is Adam talking to God. I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Well, they've been naked the whole time. But now they're made aware of themselves. And that's what sin does. It causes you to be self-conscious and not God-conscious. And that's what sin does. And that's how the devil is able to use that condemnation because we become self-conscious and not God-conscious. The blood, there is now therefore no condemnation to those that are walk, that those that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There's no condemnation uh, to those that are in Christ Jesus, because when you, you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, then you are, we are already condemned, you know, for the judgment, you know, for hell. But for those that are in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation because Christ, Christ, he paid for the sins of the world. For he who knew no sin became sin so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Salvation is available for everyone, but not everyone is going to accept it. So when we accept Christ Jesus, we say, there's no condemnation to you. You're not guilty because Christ has already paid for it. He, he bailed you out. He paid your bond. He redeemed you. He bought you back. He redeemed you from the curse. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could be made the righteousness. It was by one man's disobedience, Adam, that we was all made sinners, the Bible says. And it was by one man's obedience that we was all made righteous. A man did it, so a man had to come and undo it. A man ate from the tree, and a man, Jesus, the Christ, had to die on the tree. Everything, it was for this very purpose that the Son of God came, was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. This is what the Word of God tells us. In other words, I like to say Jesus came to undo everything the devil did. (laughs) He came and he reversed the curse, making us being uh, free from the curse. And so sickness, disease, and all this stuff, if it was evil, it's a curse. If it's evil, it's a curse. Jesus came for this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy all of the works of the devil. Okay, this is what I'm trying to get us to see that we have been redeemed from the curse as born-again believers. And uh, when we accept Jesus Christ and come into the kingdom, come into, into his marvelous life. Okay, but the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice. Okay, I'm trying to get down to verse 11. He said, who told you that you was naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to? There he go asking him a question. He said, who told you you was naked? He already know. And then he says, have you eaten of the tree which I told you not to? God is just asking him these questions. He already know the answers to them. He's trying to get Adam to convince what he has done. Because this is what deception does. Deception, the spirit of deception doesn't want you to see you. And really is fueled by pride. Some of it's fueled by pride. Because pride doesn't want us to admit when we're wrong. But the Bible says pride brings a man low. So I always say, when you sit back and you see someone bragging and being boastful, just give it a minute. Because pretty soon you're going to see them right back down to the ground. Because pride brings a man low. That's what pride is what got Satan kicked out of heaven. It, it, It brought him low. It brought him from a high place, from heaven to earth. It brought him low. Pride will bring you down. So humble is the way. Keep yourself humble. Therefore, God resists the proud. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Okay? And in the due season, he'll lift you up. You don't have to lift yourself up. Promotion comes from the Lord. Okay? And so, um, 
And there he is. He said, who told you you was naked and, and, and who uh, did you eat from that tree? Verse 12, the man said, the woman whom you gave to, to be with me, she gave me the food, Lord Jesus, of the tree and I ate. He takes no responsibility. Adam takes no responsibility for what he said. Matter of fact, he's like, Lord, it's this woman that you gave me. In other words, it's your fault, really, because if you hadn't gave me this woman, I wouldn't have ate. He took, takes no responsibility None whatsoever. None whatsoever. No responsibility. No responsibilities for his actions. God was giving him a chance to confess. He was giving him a chance to repent. But he said, Lord, it's this woman that you gave me. If if I didn't have this husband, things would be better for me. If I didn't have this wife, things I would be happy. If I didn't know... It's all about you. It's what's inside of you. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, people can do stuff. But I'm just saying, and when we have a part to play, we have to admit it so we can quit it. And I personally believe as a believer, because I am a believer, I don't think that anything is impossible for God. <laughs> the Word of God says nothing is impossible to them that believe. Because for me, believers believe. And what I mean by that is that when I read the Word, I instantly believe it. Okay, he don't have to show me any signs or any wonders or anything. I believe it because I read it and he said it. And that's enough for me. I believe it simply because he said it. Believers, they just believe. You know, some of us, we believe more of the world news than we do God's news. We, matter of fact, we'll go around and tell you about the world's news, but then we can't tell you about God's news. There's no, come on, hold on, wait a minute. Now, you know there's no condemnation in this. Just hold on. Okay, so Adam, here he is. He blamed the woman. He said, uh, uh, he, he said it was, the, the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of this tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, now he come and asking the woman. <laughs> he asked the man first because, you know, he left him in charge, right? And then he comes back and he asks the woman, what, what is this you have done? And then the, she said, the, the serpent deceived me. And I did eat. How did he deceive her? This, I said all of that to get to this. How did the serpent deceive her? Well, the serpent deceived her because she, it wasn't that she didn't know the word. She chose not to believe the word. And that's how the spirit of deception is able to operate in our lives. When we have knowledge of the truth, but we would believe, refuse to believe the truth, then we open ourselves up to a lie. That's how deception is able to enter in. When we have knowledge of the truth, but we refuse to believe the truth, then what we're saying is, I don't believe you, I believe the lie. What we're saying is, God, I don't believe you. I'm going to believe the lie. I'm going to believe the lie. They had knowledge of the truth. but they refused to believe the truth. So God, the the Lord sent them over to reprobate mind, the Bible says. That's what happens when we keep, um, when we keep, if we keep uh, hardening our heart against the Lord. So don't, don't harden your heart towards the Lord. Don't harden your heart against the Lord. Hosea 4 and 6 says, my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. He says, you priests have rejected me and my people are destroyed by refusing to obey. And now I'll reject you and forget your children because you have forgotten my law. So Hosea 4 and 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge or my people are destroyed because you don't, they don't know me when translation says. But my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. But when we refuse to believe the truth, we open ourselves up to a lie, to believe a lie. Because we either believe in the truth or we're believing a lie. So Jesus tells us in John 8, 32, to, uh, to those that believe, to those Jews that believe, he said, if you continue on my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, 
and the truth will set you free. What is it that the truth sets us free from? The truth will set you free from a lie. I like to tell people every area in our lives where there's an addiction, a stronghold, or a bondage is attached to a devil's lie. And for every area in our lives where we're acting evil and living evil and living a lifestyle that's contrary to the truth, it's because we're believing a lie. And so this is why I ask the question. There's no condemnation. But this is why I ask the question, what's your why lie? <laughs> our why lie is our motive, is our reason why. The why lie is our reason why. So what was E why lie? She ate because she wanted to be wise. <laughs> That's why she did it in the end. Not that it was just look good for food and it was and it was desirable to her eyes, but it was because to make one wise, the pride of life, right? So she loved the world because that's what the love of the world is. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Remember, John tells us to love not the world nor the things of the world because when we love the world, then the love of the Father is not in us. So she chose the love of the world. Don't you know that when you become a friend of the world, it makes you an enemy of God? What are you saying, Pearl? When we're drawn away, this is what causes us to lose our fire and our desire for the things of the Lord. When we're drawn away by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. When we start lusting after the things of the world, it's going to cause us to lose our desire for the word. When we start lusting after things, um, the things that we see, coveting, wanting other people's stuff, stuff it's going to cause us to take our focus off the Lord. When we get the pride of life, when we become boastful and prideful in ourselves and, and we're no longer saying that God did it, but we're saying that we did it and we want the glory and we're trying to take the glory for what God has done. We're boastful and pragging. And when the, the pride of life, it causes us to make you feel like you got to prove yourself to someone. I'm going to show them. I'm going to prove them. Like Satan said, I'm going to exalt myself. I'm going to, you know, I want to be a God myself. When we want the credit instead of giving God the glory, the honor, and the praise, that's the pride of life. The pride of life causes us to boast and to brag. That's why when you get around somebody and they do that, it just cringes you on the inside because it literally just grieves the Holy Spirit. It just does something to me. I just It cringes me on the inside to be around somebody that's boastful and prideful and just kind of bragging. What is it that we have that we did not receive? The Proverbs say there's the rich man and the poor man has this one thing in common. And that is that God created us both. So what is it we have that we did not receive? And the truth of the matter is everything that we have on earth is on lease because we're not taking any of this stuff with us. Um, so why not just be busy at the father's business, building his kingdom? Because when you're busy at God's business, he'll be busy at chores. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all this other stuff will be added unto us. Right. I'm, I'm trying to stick here. Um, we have to become lovers of the truth, because when we're not lovers of the truth, we open ourselves up to the spirit of deception. Second Thessalonians 2 and 10 tells us he will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction. This is what the devil does. Matter of fact, let me start with verse 9, 2 Corinthians 9. I mean, excuse me, 2 Thessalonians 9. It says the coming of the lawless one, talking about the devil, will be accompanied by the workings of Satan with every kind of power, sign, and false wonder. Verse 10, and with every wicked deception directed against those who are perishing because they refuse the love of the truth that would have saved them. For this reason, God will send them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. So when we refuse to believe the truth, we're opening, we're going to believe a lie because you believe in something. You know, when people say they don't believe in God, they're believing something, whatever lie it is that the devil told them to convince them that God's word was not true. That's what they believe. <laughs> so I like to say, what lie has the devil told you to make you believe that the word of God is not true? That's your why lie. Okay. We got to bring down, pull down those mindset strongholds and those thoughts, which are contrary against what God's word say. Okay. Our English standard version, verse 10 says, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and to be saved. So when we refuse to love the truth, we're going to, we're going to uh, love a lot. 
Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We have to uh, stick with the word of God. We have to stick with the truth. Proverbs 4 and 6 says, Do not forsake wisdom, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will guard you. When we don't love the truth, we open ourselves up to a lie. When we don't believe the truth, we're going to always open ourselves up to a lie. When we don't believe that by Jesus' stripes we're healed, then we're going to open ourselves up to a lie. And the lie is that it's not the blood that protects us, it's the shot that protects us. Harden not your heart when you hear the word of God. Do not harden your heart. Because when you harden your heart, it turns it turns you away from the living God. Love not the world, nor the things of the world. It says, now the first Timothy 4 and 1. Now the spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. And this is what's going on now. I talked about this uh, last week about uh, are you preaching another gospel? Um, so we're devoting themselves to deceitful spirits. And so we're departing from the faith and we're preaching another gospel because now we're saying they're sick because they didn't take the shot or they should have took the shot and they wouldn't have got sick. Um, I, I, I don't remember. That's not my doctrine. My doctrine is that they're the blood of Jesus is over them. The blood of Jesus is protecting them. And the reason they're sick, uh, is I don't know, but, um, what I'm saying is the blood of Jesus is what protects us. The blood of Jesus is what saves us. And when we move away from those doctors, then we start beginning to preach another gospel. When we quit saying what God is saying and we start saying what the world is saying, then we're preaching another gospel because as believers, we're not called to preach the world doctrines, doctrines of demons. We're called to preach God's gospel. Uh, Matthews 24, 24 tells us for false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. And we see this going on right now, how even the elect is being deceived. Even the elect is promoting um, these golden calves. Okay, because anything that takes the place of God, anything that takes the place of the word of God, anything that takes the place of the will of God, of the way of God becomes our God. <laughs> and God said, I'm a jealous God and I'm not going to have any other guys for me. Right. So um, make sure, listen to what's being taught. Listen, to, we have an unction from the Holy One. The Holy Spirit is here to teach us and to help us to be able to discern. Second Corinthians 11, 13 through 5 said, for such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will um, correspond to their deeds. Um, Yes, even Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. When we begin to call good evil and evil good, (laughs) I'm telling you, that's that deceitful spirit. In those teachings of demons that we're giving into, we're calling good evil and evil good. And people are believers are being persecuted for having faith in the blood. Believers are and being persecuted by other believers. You know, believers are being persecuted for holding fast to the confession of their faith. It's not popular right now. It's get, it's get, it's not that popular to. Uh, to be standing on the, the word of God. It's not that popular to be saying the blood of Jesus heals me. It's not that popular to be able to say I'm vaccinated by the blood of Jesus. I have antibodies already. Um, that uh, It's not popular to say that. But it is with Christ because as believers, we're supposed to speak the word in season and out of season when it's favorable and when it's not favorable. I am encouraging you to hold fast to the confession of your faith. And if you have been found to have been preaching another gospel, because we shouldn't be encouraging people to get the shot. We need to be encouraging people to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as born again believers. We're to promote Christ and Christ only. Um, John 8, 44 says, you are of your father, the devil, and will do, and your will is to do your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. The devil is a liar 
and the father of lies. The father, the devil is a liar. And he was talking to the to the Pharisees and stuff, and he's saying, "You're your fa- of your father, the devil, and you and you you do what your father wants you to do. You fulfill the devil's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning; had nothing to do with the truth. The devil hates the truth because truth is opposite to who he is. Because he knows as long as we're believing the truth, he cannot deceive us, and he cannot cause us to doubt God." We're talking about exposing the spirit of deception. So how do we open up to the spirit of deception? Well, the word of God tells us, he said, be doers of the word and not hearers only, lest you deceive yourself. How many of you know that the greatest deception is self-deception? And so when we know what to do and we do it not, not only is it for sin for us, but we also open ourselves up to that spirit of deception. Um, some people like to say, well, at least we thought about it. But in God's eyes, that's, it's not enough just to think about it. In God's eyes, it's not just enough to say you believe because even demons believe, the Bible tells us, and tremble, right? So it's not just enough to believe. We have to go on and add to that. We have to believe that he exists, okay? Not only do we have to believe that he exists, but we have to also believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's see what 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, I'm going to see if I can read it real quick. It says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come a time of difficulty for people will be lovers of selves, lovers of money, proud, arrogance, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying his power, avoid such uh, people. This religious spirit, that's what that is. That religious spirit that has a form of godliness. We, we all have been around them. They, we, we, the churches are full of those religious spirits um, because we have a form of godliness, but we don't have no love. Jesus said, the way you're going to know my disciples is by the love that they have for one another. There's no condemnation. 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4 says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine. So this is why I said in the beginning, Will you promise me that when correction comes, you won't, you won't run? It says, But the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine. Teaching. By having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. That's what we're doing. We're seeing a lot of that now. Um, the spirit of deception is running rampant. If we're not, when we're not, we're, when we're hearers of the word and not doers, we open ourselves up to deception. Eve knew the word. Eve knew the word, but Eve wasn't a doer of the word. And so she exposed herself to that spirit of deception. She knew what the word said because she quoted it back to the serpent. We know what the words say. Right, because a lot of us is well versed. Um, sometimes we might not know what it means, but we know we've memorized it. We know what it says. There is no condemnation, but as we're going to have to be rooted and grounded in the season, so we can be like that tree that's planted by the water, and and that won't be moved when the storms of life. Because Proverbs say the wise man, when we're doers of the word and not hearers only, is lacking into a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Not And the foolish man, he builds his life on the sand. In other words, when we build our life on the doctrine of Jesus Christ, on the word of God, when the storms of life come, because they're coming. Jesus said in this world, we're going to have some tribulations. We're going to have some troubles. Okay. But those who keep their mind stayed on the Lord, he has promised to keep us in perfect peace. So I like to tell people, if you need, if you want peace in your mind, we got to keep our mind stayed on the Lord Jesus Christ. For the time is coming and the time is already here and the time is now where people will not endure sound doctrine. Though some of those believers who used to fellowship, which can't no more because they don't believe what you believe no more. We cannot cross breed the word of God. Mingle seed. You can't say, be saying, the shot keep me safe and the blood keep me safe. You got to pick a side. We can't have it both ways. I'm just using this because this is the spirit of deception that's running rampant. And it wants us to build golden calves and bow down and say, hey, this is the thing that makes me safe. This is the God that delivered me. That's what the children of Israel said. 
at when they created that calf with their own hands, when Aaron created that golden calf, they turned and said, this is the God that brought us out, knowing doggone well it was not the God that brought them out, but this is what deception does. When we refuse to serve the living God, we will begin to bow down and serve the false God. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3 said, Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawliness is revealed, the son of destruction. John 8 and 44. Okay, we read that. Um, And we read that about the last days. Difficult times is coming. But people will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. Um, People will be having, they won't endure sound doctrine. What is sound doctrine? Sound doctrine is what we're teaching now because we're teaching. How many of you know that the word of God, it will interpret itself? There is no private interpretation of the word of God. Okay. Um, So when you say something, the Holy Spirit will tell you something else to go along with that to, to, um, to interpret it. There is no private interpretation of the word of God. We don't have to be making up stuff. In other words, um, we must be able to endure sound doctrine. If you get bored when people teach the word, you're not enduring sound doctrine. You want some entertainment. We want sugar. We don't have so much sugar and water. So Eve knew the truth. Whenever we refuse to believe the truth, we choose to believe a lie. And whenever we choose to believe a lie, that's when we open ourselves up to the spirit of deception. Because we have ate the believe, believe the devil's lie, heard the devil's lie, believe the devil's lie, and received the devil's lie. And so now we're walking around under the influence of the spirit of deception. Because they refuse to believe the truth. First John 4 and 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. He didn't say that you'll know them by how well they preach, teach, sing, none of that. He said, test the spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to discern, to discern. I tell people a lot of times, I say, when you're talking, I'm not listening to you. I'm listening to your spirit. That's what I'm listening to. I'm listening. I'm tuned in to your spirit because uh, we're speaking spirits. How many of you know that the real us is the spirit? So it's going to be so important as we approach these end times that we're able to discern we're able to distinguish good from evil. To discern is to be able to distinguish good from evil. To know right from wrong. To know what's God and what's not. We have to be able, because even Satan himself is going to transform himself into it. He's already has. He's trans- he's, we're calling good evil and evil good. The devil has sold his lies. He's pushing his agenda to lead everyone to believe this is something good for you. Here, I got another God. You don't have to worry about being safe, this going to keep you safe. We have departed. Many have departed from the faith. So my prayer for you today is that you will repent because the Bible says godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation. I guess the question I want to ask is, are you sorry to God? 2 Timothy 3.13 says, While evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Evil people, not everyone's going to turn, not everyone's going to repent. And and when we refuse to we refuse to change, we just go from bad to worse, from deceiving to being to to being deceived. We go from bad to worse when we refuse to repent. When we refuse to repent from our evil, while evil people and imposters, they will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy 3 and 13. You go from evil to wicked. Go from bad to worse. There's no condemnation because today we say, Father, we, we repent. Father, we repent. Father, we repent. And we ask that you will forgive us. Forgive us, Father. Forgive us, Lord God. As we said earlier, forgive us for idolatry worship. 
Forgive us for having more faith in a vaccine than having faith in the blood of Jesus. Forgive us, Father, for not believing your word. Forgive us, Father, for doubting you in every way. Forgive us, Father. Forgive us, Lord Jesus. Forgive us, Father. Lord, we are so sorry and we repent. We're sorry, Lord. We're sorry, Lord. We bow down to you and we worship you, Lord. And we say that we're sorry. We say that we're sorry, Father. We repent, Lord. We say that we're sorry. I'm going to read this last scripture and I'm going to end it. Romans 1 and 28, English Standard. It says, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased or reprobate mind to do what ought not to be done. Uh, the Lord saw that the weakness of men was great upon the earth and that every inclination of their thoughts of his heart was altogether evil all the time. So they had not, um, Romans 1, 28. They had, more or less, they had knowledge of the truth. But because they refused to believe the truth, then the Lord turned them over to a reprobate mind. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So he said, okay, you don't want to believe me. You don't want to believe that I exist. You don't want to believe that I am, that I am who I say I am. Then I'll let you, I'll let you go and believe what you want to want to believe. That's a dangerous place to be. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, as we come together today, this minute, this moment, this second. Father, we pray and ask that you take the blinders off our eyes. Every error in our lives, we will believe in a devil's lie, Father. We ask that you reveal it and expose it, Father, so that we can repent of it and be delivered and set free. Father, we just give you the glory. We give you the honor right now, Lord God, and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. We pray. If you guys like to support this podcast, just hit support on my button. Um, again, to join me over there. You can pick me up on Amazon or Apple, Amazon Music and Apple. And we just worship you, Lord. Leave a message if you would like to leave a prayer, uh, prayer request. Hit the message button on anchor.fm or inbox me. You guys join my Facebook page, Pearly Martin Podcast. Join the prayer room on Facebook if you like to pray. You guys be blessed. Be so encouraged. Remember to keep looking for the good in day in your uh, day, so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. Keep looking for the good. And remember, when we an ungrateful heart is an unthankful heart. So remember that in everything, give God thanks and give God praise. Okay, we will not be deceived by the spirit of deception. We will not be deceived because we're believers and believers believe. Say that, I will not be deceived because I'm a believer and believers believe. Right? We will not allow the God of this world to uh, trick us out of God's truths and cause us to preach another gospel. For our faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ and we will not preach the world doctrine, Father, but we will preach the gospel of the kingdom of God because that is the power of God. That's the only thing that has the power to save people's lives. Um, Father God, and uh, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died and he rose, uh, and you shall be saved. Father, we just thank you right now. We give you honor, glory, and praise. You guys, until tomorrow, thank you guys for joining into my podcast. Again, this is Arthur Pearly Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. I think I have like 110 podcasts. Um, So you guys go back and uh, hit follow on my page or subscribe, whichever one is telling you to do. And every time I do a podcast, you'll receive a notification. You guys, please uh, share this podcast with, um, you can share it in your text message or however you want with people, with your friends and people you know and people that you don't know. In the meantime, I'm signing off and I'm saying, Sweet sleep to you all because God has promised us sweet, sweet sleep. May you have a peaceful, restful night in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over us and the angels of the Lord encamp surround about us.
Until next time, I'm saying have a wonderful, 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 wonderful blessed night.